Welcome to the Inner Fight Endurance Podcast, episode 181, and welcome back, Rob Jones. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. What about middle of the night? No one listens in the middle of the night. Shouldn't be, if they sleep hygiene is on point. Should be, and you shouldn't listen in the evening, otherwise, other, otherwise you will be too excited that you won't sleep. Although, you have got my boring monotone voice for most of today's show, so it might put you to sleep. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we want. But you're back from Ultra X Tanzania. Fresh off the plane. Fresh off the plane. And just so we keep poker happy, I asked you yesterday what you ran in. Mm-hmm. Full five days. Full five days in the Challenger 7s. They went orange. They've come back a good shade of brown. Yeah, it looked like you changed shoes, actually. It, it really does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I actually tried to find a picture of the original color to compare them. Um, which I'm going to put on my story later. Uh, they are filthy. They're actually currently right now in the washing machine. And it moves on to our other fun fact of you're actually colorblind, so you don't know anyway. <laughs> I'm red, green colorblind. I can see orange, yellow, brown, okay. all the bright colors, which is why I wear some bright colors sometimes. So traffic lights are always a... Uh, hmm. I'm always mismatched, though. Yeah, always mismatched. Big shout out, though, to the guy that was at track this morning wearing double pink, fluoro pink as well. Yeah, yeah. Skinny's mate. Yeah, I thought it was skinny at one point. He's wearing fluoro plink Nike Aero Swift two-inch running shorts and a fluoro pink vest. Nice. Anyway. Good. Any more questions about Tanzania? Lots, actually. All right, okay, sorry. So today is a, let's call it a focused theme show. We're talking about strength training, mm. principles of strength training. As a Five good reminder. of them, right? Five of them, and you guessed them. And it, not fast either. It took you <laughs> 20 minutes and the help of two other people. So today's listeners can have a, have a listen. But yeah, before we go there, mate, talk to us a bit about Tanzania, especially about how you felt going in because you probably didn't feel the most prepared because no. of life. But how did you feel as you went through the, the various stages? So the way it's a 250k stage race split over five days. So the first day was 35 kilometers, like an introduction day. <laughs> which is good because it didn't go well. Uh, the second day was a 50K. Stage three was up Kilimanjaro. That was a 52K day. Stage four was the long day at 68. And then the final final day was a, just a casual 49. Mm. Um, first day, we went far too hot out the gate, as you would expect, because everyone's excited. You want to sort of stamp your territory if you like you want to run hard so we did i think we went through the first 10k in 42 minutes 43 minutes sounds like jordan last year yeah exactly with although jordan has descent this had incline so we went too quick and then i paid for it in the second half cramped up um i didn't have enough electrolytes and i didn't feel properly so that was good because although it was, hot, well, not as hot as Dubai, the heat is very different intensity. So it just required some adjustments. So I basically doubled my electrolyte intake for stage two, three, four, and five. Now, you're a, a professional coach. Mm-hmm. What, when you're running out too hard, did you know you're running too hard or did you get to 10K and go, uh-oh, it's 42 minutes? Yeah. Or at 5K, did you look at your watch and go, 21? I knew right from the beginning we'd gone out too but hard. But you're just having fun, so yeah. crack on. Exactly. Marcus was there, Abdul was there. There's a good bunch of people that had raced in Jordan before that we knew. 
um, and I was similar to ability in them. So I thought, oh, this, you know, they're all going out this quickly. It's going to be a good day out. And there's one part <laughs> to your training that you didn't really do a lot of, and that was threshold running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I paid for it on stage one, dialed back the intensity for stage two. And I was definitely suffering in the first half of stage two based on stage one. Day three and four. So stage three coming down from Kilimanjaro. I met Marcus at the top and it was effectively a 22K, 23K descent, about 1,200 meters. And we went full gas. Again, full gas. We felt, well, I felt incredible. Marcus was there with the GoPro and we just started picking people off. He was there in a media capacity. So he was getting some footage of people climbing. It was good because actually as you were running down the mountain, people were coming up on the same route. Mm. So you were passing people as you were overtaking them on the descent and then passing people that were still climbing. Um, so that just fueled me even more to go faster. And as I was picking people off and seeing how slowly they were descending, and I felt really, really good at around four minutes a K to descend, I just kept going and going and going. And then the following morning, trying to stand up after that was fun, I bet. Well, see, that's what I thought. Then that went into the long stage of 68K. And that started with a six or 700 meter climb into a six or 700 meter descent. So my plan was to go easy on the climb, feel how the legs were, push hard on the descent. And then it was basically a marathon flat. And I thought all the fast runners are going to get me on the marathon flat. So at least if I descend hard, I'll have a bit of a buffer going into it. But my average for that day was six minutes per K. Um, I didn't slow down really at all on the flat run, which I was really, really surprised at. I was really, really happy. Stage four was probably my best day in terms of running versus what I was expecting to happen on that day. And I was all pain free as well. No issues at all with any of my legs, which is what, Oh, the reason the why, yeah. All two of them. <laughs> Either of them, front or back, which is the reason why I hadn't been putting in big volumes to start with, right? Because I've been running and getting pain at around the 20K mark. But not one stage during the race that I have any pain. Nice. And then stage five, I suffered because I probably pushed a bit hard on stage three and stage four. Yeah. But that, I was delighted with that anyway. It's, I was just delighted I was able to string together two really, really solid days. And it got me seventh overall. Awesome, mate. Well done. Thank you. Now, Spartathlon is looming. This is it. Three months now to try and figure out how to run that distance, but in one hit mm. and in under 30, basically 34 hours. What was your overall time? 29 hours, three minutes. We've got it, mate. It's in the bag. It's in the bag. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll get you to write my training plan again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good one to do. <clears throat> Excellent. Anything you saw from other runners or interesting things that you thought would be worth sharing? Any first-time runners there that you thought made some rookie mistakes or made some really good choices? Yeah, do you know what? Actually, from speaking to a lot of the people that were at the camp and just sort of listening to people, there is a lot of people that do not buy in to strength work. Uh. Which is really a good segue. Yeah, a really good segue into this show. Um, one of whom I'm going to send this podcast to, Sam. You know who you are. You want to listen to this podcast. You want to know how to do strength work, why strength work is important, and the benefits that it will give you. This is for you. Nice. Nice. There you go. We had one of your athletes, Adriana, 
who this has been on her race list for a while. Yeah. She actually used a lot of strength work to get yeah. herself <clears throat> to the start line and also through the through the event as well. She was another one that couldn't put in high volume runs because of just if you like the nature of her injury, I wouldn't call it injury into issues. Um, so yeah, the strength work for her really, really paid off. She struggled a lot on the descent on stage three and suffered a lot on stage four. But once she'd got stage four finished, it was, you know, I say it was only 50K. To her, it was like, I've, I've broken the back of this race. I can walk 50K if I have to. And that's me. Yeah. I'm it's done. It's often the downhill work that's the hardest for people who are training like here where yeah. it's flat because you just can't get the time of running down the hills, right? <clears throat> yeah, and everyone can everyone can hit a treadmill and do incline, right? But nobody really can get the downhill. Yeah, yeah, tricky. Good. Next week, you're in Chamonix, run Next camp. Next week, yes. We head to Chamonix on Friday morning. Well, actually, we're going to Nuremberg first. Yes. To watch you. Just pop over the border. Just nip over a quick seven-hour drive with Jeff and Marcus to watch. <laughs> Quickest seven hours of your life. <laughs> To eat some sausage, drink some beer, and uh, watch yeah. you have a splash, a run, and a cycle. Do you reckon you can drive the whole way with your head out the window? <laughs> That's the challenge. Why? Just thought you needed, you like needed variety in your life. Like <laughs> you got bored trying to guess five principles of strength training. It's because you named them really weird things. <laughs> <laughs> Not classic naming. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You're going to run down the canal. While I'm swimming at Roth, trying to throw M&Ms in my mouth. Yeah, that's the plan. Very excited for that. Do you reckon you can swim faster than we can walk? Oh. Uh, I mean, if you can walk 100 meters in 90 seconds. Uh, can we? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to feel about... Well, Marcus does have a very, very long selfie stick. So he's going to have that in your face whilst you're swimming from the side of Mate, the canal. if you can see which one I am we'll in find a mix you. of 3,000. We'll find you. We'll find you. I'll be impressed. Yeah, this should be fun. So you're watching the race and you're driving back the same evening. <laughs> yeah, shit, we are, aren't we? <laughs> I didn't think this through. Wait, oh, yeah, fuck, I've got the, the calendar worst. up. That's a terrible idea. Why have we done that? So you're driving seven hours. You're flying seven hours. Yeah. Then you're driving seven hours. We fly seven hours into Geneva. Then we're going to go for a shakeout run, stay in the <laughs> Ibis budget, pick up the car the next day, drive to Nuremberg, have some sausage, have a quick kip, watch the race, and then drive back seven hours. Yeah. I'd rather do the race, to be honest. <laughs> You better perform. This is, we're coming for you. Right. The pressure I feel is <laughs> high. High. Listen, <laughs> if I do uh, drop out, I can just stand on the side with you lot and, yeah, yeah. and have a good time. <laughs> There'll be, there's actually more supporters than racers, isn't there? Yeah. This is good. We've got a good ratio. We're at, the one thing we've got to look at is whether or not we can hire bicycles to try and get around the bike course. Oh, yeah. Like Kareem bicycles or something. Don't know. Pass. Still my, on my list of things to look at. Anyway. Good. Let's move on to the main... Should we talk strength? Meet of the show. Go yeah. for it. So today is me telling you guys some, some vital principles. I say some, there's five of them. Key principles to your strength training, which hopefully will help you understand a little bit more around why or how to structure your strength training. It's not, I'm not talking about movements. I'm not talking about special ingredients or things. It's literally just five key principles when you are designing your strength program on what to be thinking about. Excellent. Should we jump right into it? Let's go. Good. Here we go. Five 
key principles to your strength training as an endurance athlete. Here we go. I'm talking to you today about strength training. I'm going to come across to you with five easy things to remember when you are considering how to put together a strength training program within your endurance training program. These five things are definitely not things you won't have heard before. They're nothing new, nothing, nothing revolutionary, but it's a great thing to be reminded of when you are going into your strength training while training for endurance. If you're here in the UAE, you're probably going into your summer season, which is a good time to put some strength training blocks together. If you're anywhere else in the world, basically, maybe apart from uh, East Asia, you're probably going into a race season. And of course, I know some of you here in the UAE are also going into European race seasons. But either way, these principles will match to whatever block you're going into with your strength training. Just a reminder, if you are living here in Dubai, we have strength training for endurance athletes. We have classes every Thursday morning, 6.30, and every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. If you are a remote listener, client, uh, yeah, fan of the show, or someone who's just looking for some strength training tips or maybe a program, you can head to the Training Peak store and you can search the Run Strong program. And that is a six-month training program specifically for endurance athletes go on you download the program populates into your training peaks video links attached everything you need to know about the program and what you're doing and why you're doing it is all in there right let's get going then principle number one we must always put form and technique above anything else so if we are going into strength training sessions and we have certain parameters we would like to hit but we're going to put ourselves at risk of injury or others at risk of injury through poor form, poor technique, which is overall poor safety, then we need to think again. We always want to make sure that we're putting our safety first for the main reason of it reduces our risk of injury, um, and especially within strength training that has a lot of repetitive movements. If you have access to a coach who can help you to understand the really basics of movement, which I would define as being a squat pattern, so being able to squat comfortably uh, down to a parallel point, so hips in line with the knees, being able to go through a hinge movement pattern, which is what you would see within a deadlift or any sort of deadlift movement patterns, and that would be being able to keep your trunk and spine stabilized in a neutral position while hinging the hips backwards. Uh, that is a very important movement pattern to be able to get right. Anything overhead, making sure that you have scapular and shoulder control and your head position can be kept correctly. And then one of the most important and last ones would be trunk or core control. Um, so being able to keep your hips level during all of those movements I've just described or being able to rotate your hips the way you want to, being able to use your correct core muscles at the correct time within the correct point of the movement. If we're not good at those things to begin with, then it's a really beneficial thing to go and get a coach to just look at you and just teach you the basics. Even if you give them, you know, one hour of their time will give you the the basic principles of movement in order to execute the rest of your strength training. You don't need to have a trainer with you for every strength session that you do, but it's really good to have a set of eyes on you that can help you to make sure you're doing it correctly, good form. Um, Beginners certainly should start with someone who's more competent helping them and making sure that they understand how to regress and progress a movement. That's really, really important. Remember that if you aren't doing the exercise correctly, the exercise isn't doing what it should be for you. 
So form and technique is the absolute key and the absolute number one principle when we're thinking of strength training. Next one would be aggressive overload and making sure we have some periodization to our training as well. Often we hear people who have seen a nice movement on Instagram and want to definitely put it into their strength training. And that's not always the best thing to be doing because it might not be the correct stimulus, the correct movement, or at the correct time for you in your own strength training program. So we want to always be thinking, is this movement relative to what I actually need? If we're constantly looking at random movements, random programs, then I can probably tell you the answer that it isn't. There is no, well, there are such things as bad exercise, but often it's the exercise is made bad through poor prescription or through progressing to a point where you won't be able to get the adaptation that you actually are looking for. That's normally because it's overloaded you too much. So I think the most common thing I see is people start strength training and they go too heavy too soon or too many reps too soon or not enough rest, too much intensity too soon. They then get sore. They then aren't able to do their normal endurance training and they basically blame the strength training and say, oh, well, strength training caused that, so I won't be doing that again. If we have progressive overload, which might mean starting out at a bodyweight squat and building up to a bar-weighted squat or even a squat goblet squat with dumbbells, then suddenly you're giving your body a chance to repair and adapt from the load that you've given it, and then it won't make you so sore the next time you go back to it. So you can add on a little bit more weight or reduce rest time or increase reps and sets. Periodization would be how you're stringing it together over a longer period of time. So if we're going through a, let's say, most people who want to start out strength training they probably should begin with the strength endurance type of reps and sets or maybe some hypertrophy, which would be anywhere around 12 down to six reps, working for anywhere from three up to six sets with 90 to 30 seconds rest, depending. Um, But with, for strength endurance, quite a light load, so 30 to 40% of your maximum. And for hypertrophy, you're working a little bit higher, up to 85% for more experienced people. We should be starting around there Well, that would be a good time to, well, that's not a good time. It's a good way of allowing your muscle to increase its uh, density, basically, which comes with some muscle growth sometimes, but more more importantly, it comes with um, the ability of the muscle to be able to handle greater loads. We then would look probably to go into a maximum strength phase where you're lifting 85% of your one rep max. And that's Uh, It's one up to six reps for two to six sets and the rest period then needs to grow to be around two to five minutes before you would finish with a power phase 75 to 90% which would be around one to five reps. If you're doing any more reps within your power stuff then you're probably not working in the correct rep range or with the correct speed. Uh, Three to five sets and again lots of rest there. If you don't know that these are the key parameters or how the key parameters to strength training work, you can't periodize your strength training correctly. So if you're going in one day and you're trying to do maximum strength and the next day you're going back in and you're doing, let's say, a power session, you're probably not going the right way around your periodization of your strength training. So make sure you understand what it is that you're actually achieving within each strength block. Each strength block should last anywhere from three up to six weeks. And you should have really clear guidelines of the intensity, so the load that you're lifting, 
and of the volume, so the reps and sets, and then also of the rest periods that you require in between. So that's what I mean by periodization, exactly as you would do if you're going through a base block, a build block, or any other type of endurance block your coach may have given you in the past. We want to be doing the same thing with our strength training as well. Our next key principle to remember will be specificity. So when we say specificity, it means what's specific towards the outcome that we want. So if you want to become better at running, um, you should be running, funnily enough, because that's specific to running. If we want to run and we want to improve our leg strength in order to run for further or run faster, then we can use strength training in order to help with that. So that's specific to making your legs stronger, which helps to carry over into running. Same thing on the bike. If you want to become stronger on hills, going and riding your bike on hills would be the most specific thing you can do. But example here in the UAE, having hills is quite difficult to find. So we can use strength training as a tool to increase the size or increase the power or strength of the muscles that help with climbing on the bike. Therefore, that would be specific to the ride or the run that you are trying to achieve. When we understand what our goal is, similar to the last um, principle of periodization, when we understand what the goal is, this becomes a lot easier. We always want to think about training movements over muscles as well, and that's within the specificity realm, because if, for example, you are a runner and you're doing strength training and you're just doing bicep kills, let's say, um, you can't expect that to help you with actual the, the running that you want to achieve. When we run, we don't do a bicep kill. When we run, we do move from the shoulder, um, but you're not flexing and extending at the elbow. So you might want to do something instead that's more specific towards the shoulders and training the arm swing movement. Um, for example, with a static band, uh, resisted band arm swings, let's say, suddenly you're training the movement overtraining what you think the muscle is that's working or you wouldn't just go and do shoulder presses as a runner because that doesn't carry over very well into the running but again a static banded um, row or a banded push now we're getting more specific to what you're actually doing within running if we're trying to just train the calves to get stronger and you're just only doing calf raises but you're never making them dynamic again the crossover into the running let's say won't be as strong as if you can progress to a dynamic calf loading movement like loaded tiptoe walks instead of just loaded calf raises so we're always thinking why we're doing an exercise and picking it based on the desired outcome that we want that's what we mean by specificity exercise that supports your movement not just the muscle that you're using so just to bring it back to another example let's say within cycling you want big quads to help you to be powerful on the bike if you just go and do leg extensions to get big quads you're missing out on working the whole let's say leg chain or muscle chain or complex of muscles that are used when riding so instead maybe doing a single leg um lunge or alternate leg lunges sorry or a single leg quarter squat something like that where you're actually still using the quadricep but you're also coordinating that movement with the glute with the hamstring with the pelvis muscles which will help carry that over to the bike our next point individualization this is maybe very hard to get uh, to get your head around in the world of youtube instagram blah 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 but the strength training routine that let's say jan fredeno does may not be the best strength routine for you we often see other athletes doing certain things in the gym and we think i need to be doing that because that will make me run like them 
but that's not a very good way of looking at it. We always want to try and think, again, going back to our last point of specificity, what is it that we really need? Everyone is different and everybody responds to strength training in different ways. Training that suits one person definitely might not suit you, as I just said. So always remembering as well, two people on the same program will also progress in different ways. So if you're doing a program based off what someone else has told you and how they've improved, then you would only be able to compare that if you knew that your sleep was the same, your nutrition was the same, your endurance programming outside of the strength training was the same, your life stress was the same, and you see where I'm getting at here. So absolutely impossible to do. When we can individualize a program, we can take into account what your endurance program is also doing for you. We can take into account days that you sleep well on because sleep is so important to recover from strength training. Um, also what kind of nutrition you're consuming so are you eating enough protein in order to get the adaptation um, from the strength training that you're doing there's no point in doing a load of strength training and under eating you're just again going to get very sore and probably um, at some point going to pick up a stress or a, a localized injury so we always got to think of the variables around our strength training and not try to be comparing ourselves to others or just looking at other people's programs and going they do that, they're good at that, therefore I need to do that. It's not that simplistic, unfortunately. The last point I'd like to remind you guys of within strength training, and this is a really good point because I think a lot of people get stuck in a strength training um, habit pattern all the time, is variation. When we can vary the training that we're doing, we actually really help minimize our risk of injury. And often that's because we can, let's say for... A triathlete who's doing a lot in the linear plane, so running, cycling, even swimming really, um, you're, you're very rarely changing direction. Now that's okay when we know that we're not going to be changing direction, but let's say in a race you have a sharp corner to turn and there's someone in the way and you have to step out to the right to go around them, suddenly you are now asking your body to change direction. And if you're not ready for that direction change or you're not in a position to be able to support the hips that the way they want to be kept or your hamstring can't go to the length that you're asking it to go to you're going to get injured so variation not just in the one movement for a movement pattern but variation in the different planes of movement variation in the reps the sets and the timing of your strength training all of these things will will come into play to help minimize your risk of injury when we minimize risk of injury, we maximize ourselves for long-term success. We also actually, we it reduces a lot of boredom and staleness within the gym as well. So just knowing you're always going in and doing, you know, three sets of 10 reps of squat, three sets of 10 reps of lap pull down, three sets of, if we've been doing that for five, six weeks, you're not only is your mind bored, but your body is also bored of it because it's no longer getting the stimulus that it wants to adapt. So a variation helps minimize risk of injury but it also minimizes the risk of falling out of strength training habits as well so just to remind you variation we can vary up our loading strategy so if you always do barbell back squats maybe try a front squat maybe try an offset loaded squat maybe try some split squats or alternating lunges and playing around with where you have the load if you're always moving forward or backwards try going into transverse plane, so some twisting movements, try and go sagittal, moving left to right, um, picking up different exercise selections alongside different loading strategies can help a lot with keeping the stimulus high within the weights room, which means you get bang for your buck, you get in, you get out. We shouldn't be in the weights room, by the way, for more than, definitely more than an hour, but 
the sweet spot I think for athletes to get it consistently done is 30 to 45 minutes. You're golden. We can also play around with some tempo and variation. So that would be different rates of loading. So let's say, for example, you're doing a, a deadlift. You would um, go down for, say, four seconds, come up for two seconds, something like that. Um, different tempos also give us different stimuluses as well. That's it, guys. Quick one this week. I just wanted to give you a reminder of our key principles when we are thinking about strength training. So just to remind you, form, technique. So always have your form and technique beyond the loading. They always come first. Don't care how heavy the bar is that you lift. If you lift it like shit, you're going to get injured. So we always want to be aware of that. And like I said, if you need a coach to just have a quick look at you, it's well worth the one hour PT um, to stop you getting injured. And you can take the tips that you learn get them to video you, get them to give you the cues on video so you have the reminder. You can take that away with you and use it for the next, whatever, 10 years even. Making sure that the strength program that we're on has progressive overload and periodization so we don't go and immediately get so sore that we don't want to go back and making sure that if we're working through a maximum strength block, we're actually doing maximum strength reps and sets, not just jumping into a class and, oh no, no, we're suddenly doing 30 squats. That's not maximum strength, that is strength endurance making sure we're working specifically towards what we were trying to achieve. So if you want to get stronger on the bike, making sure that you're working the muscles and the movement patterns, more importantly, that are going to help you get stronger. Also specificity, I forgot to say this one, but we can also use this as an injury prevention tool. So your rehab and your prehab. So to prevent you getting injured and also to help come back from an injury, that's also really important in the specificity principle as well. Then we're moving on to individualization and that's basically what works for A may not work for B. So we have to always think around the specific needs of the athlete. So what's your sleep like? What's your nutrition like? What's your training load like? What's your workload like? And then go and base the strength sessions off that. And lastly, variation. So playing around with your loading strategies, your exercise selection and the tempo of the movement as well. Also, tem and the tempo would come in your rest um, between exercise uh, sets and reps as well so hopefully that helped guys as i mentioned at the start we have a strength for endurance athlete specific class here at inner fight in dubai you can come along thursday 6 30 a.m or sunday 11 a.m we also have the run strong program which is online it's taken hundreds and hundreds i may even say a thousand runners now um, from a point of not strength training at all to suddenly six months on being a really strong healthy runner or triathlete and we also have, I know we have some listeners who love jumping into our mainline class. And I think there is something to be said about our mainline class here in a fight that that is very much worked in a progressive overload and periodized uh, way. So the coaches do sit down every week and they map out certain blocks for the next, let's say, six weeks. They, they know what they want to achieve at the end. So our, um, our mainline class goers i would say just one thing stick to the day that you're coming on so if you always come in on a, a wednesday to do mainline keep doing that day um, oftentimes these guys will or the, the coaches will have certain days where they're doing more metabolic conditioning certain days where they're working more strength and certain days where they may be doing some speciality movements that they like in crossfit like the gymnastics or the weightlifting. so if you're unsure come and speak to one of our performance coaches they'll be able to tell you what's on and what day and then you can pick and choose your days a little bit smarter then if you're really in for uh, making yourself sore then show up for a um, friday friday therapy session and write your weekend off <laughs> guys thank you very much for listening hopefully this helps if you have any other questions please email twinnerfight.com 
this has been a solo show rob jones is currently running somewhere through tanzania and uh so i thought i'd jump in and just give you guys a reminder solo show is not so easy to do so hopefully i've covered everything but if i haven't please email me twinfight.com and i'll get back to you or i'll answer you in a future show if i think it's a question that can be there for other people to hear as well all right thanks a lot for listening guys we will see you next week